Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the GH Report, breaking down all the craziness that happens there on General Hospital, airing weekdays on ABC. I'm Frank Moran. I'm Carla Renata. How y'all doing? As always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And the chat is up and running. I know you folks are in there. Keep continuing to join in and, and get involved in the conversation. Yes, they are. And let me do a quick roll call because you know how that's how I roll every week. I do the roll call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just way too much. That was too many things. But let me just go ahead and get to it. I think I missed somebody. But anyway. Okay, so Joe Costanzo, Zoe Johnson, Annie Goen, Vista Trista Seven, Tom Clare, Susan Russo, Lisa Wagner, Nassan, Loretta Johnson, Dolores Lee, Trina Sheen, Winged Wolf 500, Eileen Kofig, Kater 33090. I think I got that right. Dolores Leach, I said that. Andrew Stark, thank you for your donation. D2 Durr, Kelly Public Cover, JY66309, and Marlon Wallace, and Michael B. Welcome, y'all. Welcome. And Christine Farley, what's up? <laughs> yes, folks. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, thanks you for joining in. We're going to break down all the craziness that happened, as I mentioned. But before we dive into it in the kind of that the minute detail that you all crave, Carla, what did you think of this week overall? It was okay. So it was kind of a slow week, but this is what I loved about this week. And I loved that, you know, I'm always talking about Sonny and Mike and that whole situation. I love that, you know, we get to see Sonny get on that train ride mentally of deciding whether or not he wants to sign a DNR from Mike. Cause in his mind, he feels like if he signs this DNR, it's like giving up on his father. He doesn't seem to realize, or maybe he doesn't want to realize that in signing this DNR, he's just helping him as opposed to, you know, signing his death sentence. So there's that whole situation that went down. I was down for that. And I don't know about you, Frank, but Cyrus is really creepy. And I'm <laughs> he's really creepy. And every time he hits the screen, I just want to go take a shower. He's just really creepy and just makes me feel a little slimy every time I see him, like every time he opens his mouth and I'm feeling like there's this undercurrent of stuff that's about to go down with him and Miss Laura. Don't Do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, for a for a bad guy who's seemingly brought in and is affected with a lot of people, whether it be Jordan, uh, possibly Laura, uh, Sonny, uh, do you, does he need to have redeeming qualities or at least be charismatic? Or just being creepy because he just needs to be the bad guy and we need to hate him no matter what. There's okay. So there is something a little charismatic about his creepiness, but it's it's like he encompasses creepy, charisma, 
but you also know that you don't want to say or do the wrong thing. Or, like he looked like he would snap a neck real quick if you pissed him off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's always on soap operas in general, that's always a really dangerous character to have because you never, they always have you on the edge. And as an audience member, straight up, I'm on the edge every time he hits the screen. I'm like, I'm riveted, but I'm on the edge. And I'm just like, I don't Sorry about that. Do you see Cyrus as a, like a six month character or a two year character? Oh, I see him there for a minute. Because I, I, can, I can see the possibilities of him really just, um, he can wreak a lot of havoc in a lot of different ways. I can, I can totally see that going down. Right now, they just have him aligned with Jordan, Laura, TJ, and Sonny, and Jason. You know, and then the, not to mention the fact that he think he gonna take Jason out. Yeah, that's gonna happen, not. <laughs> but I just feel like they're not going to get rid of Jason, but I just feel like there is a, there's a lot of possibilities to use him on that show if if they do it right. You know, what I kind of didn't like was that little one off, like throw it in the mix conversation between um, Alexis and Neil. I'm like. Very true. Uh, Do we really need that? I thought we were done with that. You know, I I really wonder where they're going to be going with the storyline. So we've got, you know, we're waiting to hear Alexis is going to hear back from the bar. Neil is suspended. Uh, they're, I mean, Neil is angry about the whole situation, about how, what Alexis said, what he said as well. Uh, I, I just don't know, like, what we're, what the point of this, this storyline is right now. Yeah, I mean, now we know she about to get disbarred, so it's like ain't no big surprise there. And th- and then there was and then there was that whole moment where he was talking. About, he was she says, "You look pissed off. You look like you're angry. Are you angry with me?" And and he was like, "I'm angry with both of us." That made no sense to me. None. Really? I was like, "How are you gonna be mad? You gonna be mad at yourself for what? That you made the wrong decision? We already had that discussion. Why are you like three, four months later?" Why are you three weeks, four weeks later still being mad at yourself? Child, get over it. It well, happened. Y'all did the nasty. You shouldn't have been doing it. You knew you shouldn't have been doing it. Get over it. The deed has been done. The damage has been done. Either move on from this or find something else to be pissed off. Well, I mean, but I would think from Neil's point of view is they he went with the cover up. He went along with Alexis's story, but they thought they were in the clear because they didn't know anybody else saw them. So, I mean, I can see like he's putting that away. But then all of a sudden when everything blows up in his face and Julian finds out from, uh, you know, what's, her, what's her name? Um, <laughs> Britt. Um, when, when Julian finds out from Britt, everything blows I'm up. sorry. I was going to help you out, but I was like, I was having too much fun. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Uh, then I can see when everything blows up that all of a sudden those feelings that he may have pushed aside for the uh, because he thought he was in the clear now come bubbling up and he's got to like, oh yeah, now I'm mad because we got caught in my lie or our lie. I'm just so, I'm over it. Aren't you over it? I'm over it. I am without any other lack of an interesting story for Neil because he's really got nothing else. He really doesn't know anybody that well. I mean, he knows Kevin, but we don't see Kevin that much. No. 
But you haven't seen Kevin that much at all lately, really. No. So it's kind of a it's kind of a bummer. And I if they don't give him something to do soon, I have a feeling it's gonna be I could see Neil gone by the end of the year. Which is a oh, shame. He, oh, he might be gone by the summer. Why you you giving him credit by the end of the year? This only, thing because, is, <laughs> only because we have, we don't have any shows right now. That's the only reason. Child, please. He might be gone by the time June get here. Um <laughs> I'm just saying, they're saying in the chat room that they think that Alexis is really mad at Sam. Well, yeah, we know she's mad at Sam because she took that drink. Like any, she was angry enough to go drink when she knew she shouldn't have been drinking. That's a whole nother story. But um, the other thing that I liked was (laughs) when Brooklyn showed up at Julian's bar and she, uh, Brooklyn is always popping off on somebody. Don't you find that to be the case? She always going off on somebody. She's with Dusty, as she likes to call him. Her and Dusty show up at Charlie's. And then he's like, what's going on? Dusty's all like, what's going on here? And then she's trying to explain their relationship. Well, he was trying to explain the relationship. And then he wasn't getting getting right to the heart of the matter. And she was like, okay, let me just break this down for you. And went in. And I was like, <laughs> that was pure comedy right there. I don't know what it is with Brooklyn because they write her in some aspects as being very savvy. She picks up on little things and is able to quickly uh, suss out what the situation is, like quickly figured out what Julian's deal was without anybody having to tell her. Right. Uh, in other points, they write her so irritatingly clueless about her music career and when she was under contract and she was like, oh, I, I sorry, uh, Olivia, I can't come to work because I got this, you know, recording time. So I need to be get my paycheck right now. Like, it's so interesting that they write her at such extremes. I don't think they write her as clueless. I think they write her as somebody who is selfish. She is all about Brooklyn. Like, if it's not about Brooklyn and how it benefits Brooklyn, she don't care. And I feel like that's how they have written her. And so they've kind of pitched, they've written her into kind of a hole. You know what I mean? Like every, when she was doing the whole situation, like with Olivia saying, I have to record and all that. That's not necessarily somebody that's clueless. That's somebody that's just selfish saying, what you want me to do over here is not that important. I'm going to go over here and do what I need to do for me. Me, 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 me. She's very me, 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 me. Every time she's talking to her father, whenever she's talking to him, She's like, Daddy, can't you just do this for me this one time? Everything is about me. Even with even messing with Dustin, she knows that that talking to Dustin and having any kind of of correspondence with Dustin or any kind of connection with Dustin is pissing Lulu off. And that's the only reason why she's doing it, because she is getting personal edification from it. Not necessarily. And he's helping her to do what her album yet again, all about me. I, you know, not that uh, like Dustin needs to be front burner, but I still feel like we need to to juice him along a little bit as well too. He's just kind of floating around on the peripheral. I mean, he's got whatever's going on with Lulu. We have that storyline with Jocelyn that I think is dropped now because of their new current dynamic uh, situation, and then we've got him helping out with Brooklyn. Let's like if we're gonna kickstart something, let's do it. I think it's like you said. I think it's because. Um, they stopped. They stopped writing. It's been almost two months now, so mm-hmm. they stopped writing almost two months ago. 
and we had what six six or seven weeks of episodes before they ran out of material yeah it should be coming up very soon soon so they've been trying to stretch it out by infiltrate i kind of like how they infiltrate the the flashbacks into stuff though because it gives you perspective on why they're saying what they're saying in the present tense so it's kind of cool with the little flashback action every once in a while not all the time but with some people it gives you a little bit more clarity about why they're feeling or saying what they are. Um, but I think it's because, like you said, they did drop those storylines and I think they dropped them because, and you know what, you can also tell when stuff started to get funky too, because you can tell certain <laughs> certain people have not, their, them beards and that, that coloring in that hair is not as quite groomed with the guys, not as groomed as it had been before. Like um, John York who plays Mac, his hair wasn't as white. Like he had a little bit more darkish. It was like, he had a little, a little bit more of a salt and pepper thing going on. And when I watched it this week, homeboy was giving me Kris Kringle. I'm like, mm. <laughs> like, where is your black dot number two, John York? I'm gonna need you to pull it out. <laughs> oh, come on <laughs> I'm just saying, look, I have been saying this since week one. We about to find out what people's real hair color is. We about to see some people's faces slide off their skull because they can't go get that Botox. They can't go get that nip and tuck. Well, it's true. about to be off and crack-a-lacking. It but is. When are we going to see that on the show? I mean, by the yes, time you will, they... you will see it. You will see it on their face. You will. You will see it. You will see it on their faces and you will see it in their hair because they had to cut back because by the time they stopped shooting, they had already started cutting back how many makeup and hair people were showing up to the set. No way. It already started to cut back. I'm telling yo, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. They had already started to cut back. So it's because some of them hairs, it's gonna be like. Mm, I don't know. I can't, I can't believe they they leave my boy Mac hanging out to dry. I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I didn't buy say it. they was leaving him out to dry. I'm just saying that, you know, they couldn't give him that touch up he used to. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let me stop playing. Um, let me stop clowning the people. Y'all know I love y'all over at General Hospital. Don't hate me. Um, uh, one other uh, storyline with Alexis that I, I think I would like to explore more and just seeing a little bit of it these past few weeks is the the scenes that she has with Valentine. And I would love to, this was the first time this week now with their no longer related technically since he's no longer officially a Cassidyne. Uh, I was like, hmm, I wonder if they could set this up and to give Valentine somebody else to be interested with and, and see where that goes for a while. Wouldn't that be creepy, though, if he hooked up with Alexis? It's like, ooh. They were supposed to be related, now they're not. It's like, ooh. Nah, nah, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a good thing, right? You're not, you know, we're not related. Look, we get together. Uh, I'm not having, I'm not having that. Um, you didn't see a spark but, between them but, uh, when they were talking I, with the metric I'm not court. gonna lie. I did. I saw exactly what you saw. Absolutely, I did see that. But what I, but um, what I wanted to say was, I love when she was like, you know, when I thought I was related to you, I couldn't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> and then now, she, and then she goes, and now that that we're friends, it's like you're not so bad. And it was the look that they both had on each other's face when she said that. I was like, Mm-mm, don't do it. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> In a way, it was nice to see Valentine in that kind of conversation because there were, at least at this moment, there were no agendas with Valentine. More often than not, anytime Valentine has a conversation with somebody, there's some agenda that he's driving. 
And this just happened to be an encounter that he wasn't expecting. He has no agenda with Alexis. He could just talk. And it was nice to see Valentine have that sort of conversation. Uh-uh. They, they are going on in the chat room. <laughs> Nassan was like, Alexis and Valentine made good friends. Nothing more, Frank. And then Michael B. is like, hmm. What was Helena's maiden name? And then Marlon is like, Alexis doesn't care that Valentine shot her nephew. (laughs) 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 Oh, I love y'all. Y'all crack me up. As much as I love Joe Flanagan and I I would like to see something more happen with Neil because I'd like to see the actor around more. At this point, there's really nothing going on. So what what, what is a more interesting storyline? Whatever is supposed to be happening with Alexis and Neil or seeing Alexis develop something with Valentine? To me, that's the more interesting storyline. I don't, I don't want to see that. So we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. But you know what I do want to see is I want to see what's going to happen with Brando and these three Davis sisters. That's what I want to see because he didn't have interaction with all three of them. And I, I saw a little sparky spark happening with him and Sam. And I'm like, that would be messy with a big old capital M right there. Because, you know, uh, when that, how, about, how about that camera lurking on her face? when he said, well, do you know how to ride or something to that effect, he said to her. And that camera just like sat on her face. I'm like, oh, really? We gonna go there? You just gonna have her messing with her, do- <laughs> with her sister's boyfriend, come on, or, or one night stand or whatever he was, jump off, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> I, I will say that I'm not the hugest Sam fan. I know that surprises you to hear, Carla. I've never uh, shared that kind of hot take before about Sam. Um, whatever. But I found her just unpleasant to watch this whole week. That she was just annoying from beginning that was a good to end. Scene, though, come on, that scene with Brando, that was a good scene right there. Come on. Who is Sam to think that she's? You know, I'm gonna go to that garage and I'm gonna get all up in Brando's business. Like I, I was like, I was digging Brando. I was like, Brando, please give her some pushback. And I like that Brando gave her some checks. Like, oh, hold on, this is none of your business. Why are you getting involved? Because it's not. It's not. Oh, it was so annoying to watch. It's her big sister. Sam's her big sister, though. So it's natural. You know, she's trying to look out for Molly the same way she was looking out for Christina. And we saw how that turned out. So I'm just saying. She's just trying to look as a big sister. She's just looking out. I would never. If Sam was my big sister, I would not want her looking out for her because it's only going to make things worse. She's just looking out. She's just looking out. She's just looking out for a sister. That's all. Um, How well did did it work out for Christina? Did it work out well? Did it work out for well for Sam? No, no. Get out of here, Sam McCall, you weirdo. I hate you. Stop. So, but how about this? And this, but this is what bothers me about Brando. I'm sure Brando has had other trysts with other people at some point in his little young life. Really? Was Molly's kiss, was she that fierce under the sheets that he just can't stop thinking about her? That's all I'm saying. Like, why they keep showing him, why they keep showing that same clip of him kissing her over and over and over again? I'm like, was she that bomb? I don't think so. Carla, when you meet that special someone, you know, there's something that just happens. You can't fight it. It's in there. Well, she did say they clicked. She did say they clicked when she was talking to her sisters. She did say they clicked. And I love how Christina was like, good for you, girl. So them wild oats. (laughs) You know, but then it's like Sam, Sam, uh, Sam was just annoying in that conversation. Christina, like, oh, holy cow. Oh. I, lo- I loved how Christina was like, yes, get it. <laughs> was like, and Sam was like, Christina, she's like, what? She only I, been with TJ. What's the, you know, 
she always wondered what it was like to be with somebody else. Now she know. I'm like, oh no, you were there. It was. Fun. I was. I, you know, I was with Christina on that one. I usually find Christina annoying as well. Uh, but I was like, all right, I, I would agree with her on that. I mean, Molly was operating with the information that she knew at the time. So why is anybody throwing any shade on her for her actions? I'm not at all. Look, I ain't throwing no shade at Molly. Molly was just, you know, she was doing the do. I ain't mad at her. I'm like, you do you, girl. Um, but what was getting on my, the other thing that was getting on my nerves, flipping to another cycle, I'm so tired of Nell lurking around every damn corner somebody is talking in. My mother was watching GH with me this week. And my mom was like, who's that chick in the black dress? I said, why? She just looked like she trouble. <laughs> I hollered. I said, yeah, she's not so nice. And my mother said, you can tell by her body language that she's just up to no good. My mother could care less about General Hospital. My mother don't even watch soap operas. That is what the Rona is doing over here in Lake Balboa. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but that moment was kind of like when she rolled up on um, Willow. No, Was it Willow? Well, she rolled Willow up on Willow Sasha. and Sasha at some point. When she rolled up on and Michael, when she rolled up on all three of them, throwing her little venom and then wanted to throw it up in Carly's face, I'm like, I'm getting real tired of watching her. I just talked to Michael Carly. I don't, I don't need to see another one of those scenes. I don't need to see Nell do that one more time. I really don't. It's getting on my nerves. Uh, I would agree with you. I'm not really digging. They need to get something more for Nell because it's either. She's lying about because I mean we all know she's everything she spews out of her mouth is a lie in terms of everything that happened. Or yeah. they have that one reaction when somebody maybe puts her in check for like a, a millisecond, and there's always that that cutback reaction to Carl uh, to Nell where she's kind of like um, hmm, a little hurt. And then those I feel like those are the two scenes. It's like I need. That's why I feel like if I'm going to care about Nell or at least tolerate watching her, I got to see her have just a normal functioning sort of relationship so i could see her in a regular scene that doesn't involve her being manipulative or trying to pull one over on somebody but just actually having a real human conversation so i can at least tolerate this character more and i think that's one of the things that we're probably not going to find out for a while because you know there's still that whole lurking mystery of her being nina's not mystery but you know yeah. we know that she's nina's daughter but she doesn't know quite yet so we have all of that to discover and we're not going to get to discover it until they go back and shoot, right? And I think that all of that is going to to um, heavily color how we see Nell behave in the future. You know what I'm saying? I think like her behavior will be a little bit different. I worry that it's not. I mean, but it seems like in that terms of that revelation, I care more about it for Nina, finally for her to find out that, yes, my daughter... W is real, she is alive, and we can connect. Then I care about it for Nell. I, I this character, I don't, I, I don't enjoy this character at all. So I really, I'm not, I have zero rooting interest in her getting this discovery. I mean, maybe the so right Nina or Nina or Nell. Nell, like for Nell, I don't care. Nina, I do care. I'd like to see her have that. Yeah, I just, I want to see how that's eventually all going to play out. Because right now, it's like everything else is kind of like in limbo. And we don't quite know how it's going to go down. But what we do know how something was going to go down was when Finn, when um, Chase tried to explain to Finn why him and Willow were done. And he was like, that's a mess right there. Like, why don't you tell me what really happened? 
Like, I love that it was so easy for Finn and Carly to see through Chase and uh, Sasha. But I kind of feel like even though they faked hooking up, I feel like at some point that fake hookup is going to become real, don't you? Well, I mean, I could see it at the end of this week where they're boozing up heavily at Chase's apartment. I could see them getting, you know, three sheets of the wind and then just like, let's just hook up for real. Let's just do it. What do we care? At this yeah, point. I feel I feel like that's about to go down. Yeah, I was so happy though that they had both Carly and Finn finding this out because if everybody bought this story, I would uh, I would find it tiresome. So it is glad that they treated people with a high degree of intelligence, saying, "Yeah, I can smell BS on this story." So tell me what the real deal is. And I love how in each respective case, like with Carly and Sasha. Carly was like, you know what, if I was in your position, I would do that. And I would respect the woman who would put her own happiness, will put her, will put the person she loved, their happiness in front of her own happiness. Like that last part of that scene was really nice between the two of them. I re- I enjoyed that so very much. Um, I like that as well. And it were, at first I thought the show was going to treat Carly like a ding dong because after she gets done talking with Michael, and she has those flashbacks about laying into Sasha. I'm like, oh, man, please have Carly smart enough to know this. Because she had the conversation knowing what Sasha would do for for Michael. So I am glad that it, that was just a bait and switch. And that when she really did see Sasha, she had that, yeah. that. And even where she said, don't tell me, don't confirm. Because if you do, then I have to tell Michael. Right. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that scene between them. <laughs> I love how when Finn was kind of fishing around to see what, what the dealio was, he was like, mm, something's off. You are not your usual annoying, upbeat self. <laughs> I, I, like, I laughed out loud on that one. I'm like, because he is annoyingly upbeat. He really is. His character is so annoyingly like, oh, he's so sunshine rainbow and lollipops. I'm like, oh, cool your jets, cool your jets. You're doing too much. <laughs> but, you know, the way that, I mean, I, I well, tell me how you would think. Because okay. I thought... When Finn and Chase had that scene, and he goes, hey, you've got to tell her the truth because Will is making these all these decisions based on a lie. So you've got to tell her what the truth is and then let Will make the decisions that she wants to make. Uh, so Chase is like, all right, find her and fix this. And then she shows up and he doesn't. Did you want, did you hope that the show would have him tell her the truth or it needs to be like this because this is the way the storyline needs to happen? I don't want them to find out the truth just yet. I need for them to drag that out just a little bit. Um, because the the reality of the situation is, it was either last week or week before last when Willow and Michael had gotten together and they were having that conversation about Chase and Sasha. And they both came to the realization that neither one of them wanted to be parents. And they also came to the ugly realization that because they don't want to be parent, parents, or be an instant parent, maybe being involved with them isn't the best thing. And so even when Michael told Carly that him and Sasha were over, the first thing out of his mouth was, you know, I just think her being an instant parent made her just bounce, like she didn't want to be bothered. That was the first thing he said. He didn't say anything about how hurt he was. He didn't say, I can't believe it. He didn't say any of that. The first thing out of his mouth was, yeah, she, you know, Willow and I were talking about how neither one of them really wanted to be parents. So I think that if a if a situation presents itself, that they may possibly 
want to go back to their respective spouses, it's not going to happen. Because in the back of Willow and Michael's mind, they have it lurking back there where you didn't want to be a step-parent to Wiley anyway. So what's the point? And I think out of the hurt that they're feeling, they're kind of, they're going to, both of them are going to hold that over Sasha and Chase's heads. That's what it feels like. I could see them really hooking up because they're drunk and having that influence them. It's like, now we really can't say anything. We can't take this back because we really did sleep together. So now we got to watch them try to lamely sell this in court that they're a loving, married, committed partnership. Down. <laughs> I can't stand you. And then there's um and then there's little Miss Charlotte. And let me just say this too. So my mother was also watching with me the episode with little Miss Charlotte. And my mother was like, Who's that little girl? And I said, I don't know her real name. She's like, Ooh, that's some bad acting there. Oh. It kind of was. Like usually she's really good. That week, this week, it was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. but um, I love the the talk that um, oh, what's his name, Jax? The talk that Jax had with Charlotte, where he talked about how daughters and daddies are magical and all of that. Mm-hmm. And for a minute, I was like, is he really having this talk with Charlotte? Because Charlotte ain't your average kid. Like he that that's the kind of talk you would have with Violet, and she'd be like, "Really? That ain't the kind of talk you would have with Violet," and she would have the same reaction. So I kind of thought that was a stretch, and was I right? Yeah, because what did she say afterwards? She was like, "That's not true," like with no yeah. expression on her face. That's like, true. That's not true. I was like, "Yeah, I knew that was. I knew that story wasn't gonna wash." Um, yeah, I feel like it's Char- a lot of Charlotte's scenes with adults are them like just kind of white lying to her. And her calling him out on it, and them still not really changing. So. Yeah, it was it was it was special. I I just kind of, but then I also love the fact that she she told she told Valentine that she saw what he did. I was like, it's I I found uh, again uh, Lulu unpleasant again at the beginning of this week uh, about all the stuff in terms of Valentine and Charlotte, and I I really. I'm bummed that the show, I think I wanted to see the scene of Lulu and Valentine in Nina's office sorting it out rather than just, we just cut away from that and we just see Nina and Charlotte hanging outside and they come out and say, hey, we're all going to work together better. But you know what? They probably did that because they probably were not able to shoot the scene inside the office. Because think about it. Whenever we've watched General Hospital in the past, Whenever there's been something like that, the camera moves inside the office so that we can see what the conversation was before they come out. They probably weren't able to shoot that. And they probably knew they weren't going to be able to shoot it. So they did the next best thing. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt here. You know what I'm saying? I guess maybe, but I mean, or they chose not to show it. I just, I don't know, for storytelling point, like that's a scene I really wanted to see because I needed to see these two characters, at least while you may not, like one another as people you do have to work together because of the daughter that you have in common and this i feel like true. and i feel like valentine was more has always been more than lulu willing to meet halfway and i feel like with lulu it's always no 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 and i really needed to see that scene between the two of them where she kind of comes down and says all right let's meet head on 
Yeah, I'm kind of over Lulu, as we all know. Um, They're saying in the chat room, they're like, yes. They said Charlotte needs the belt. (laughs) (laughs) She needs the belt. And then they say, yes, Frank, why didn't they show that scene? Um, Y'all can agree with Frank if you want to. I'm just saying, whatever. (laughs) It just seemed it seemed way too convenient wrapping up that part of the story. And I'm like, ah, we've talked and it's all okay now. Like, let's all uh, like, okay. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about um let's talk about the kids for a second. Let's talk about the kids. Let's talk about how Cam and Trina finally had that conversation. Like for months, they've been showing that awkward kiss on screen and they finally had a conversation. I see you with that thumbs down, but I'm going to keep talking because you're wrong with two left shoes and you know you're wrong. (laughs) Don't be holding it all up in the camera. I see you with the, I see the two thumbs down, put them down. (laughs) Um, uh, I like the fact that they finally had a conversation because Cam said something stupid. He asked her something stupid and Trina was like, really, Cam? We barely see each other out of school and that's what you want to talk to me about? I was like, yes, girl, let him have it. She let him have it. It was fabulous. But then I love how they finally made up. And then when Josh, when Josh showed up, Josh was all like, um, did we interrupt something? And had an attitude. Like, how are you going to have an attitude when y'all trying to meet to go to the movies? Like, why you got all this attitude? You know, I don't know, and Carla, you uh, are I, a, a much more world experienced, very savvy woman, uh, much smarter than I. But tell me, I would think I, I've never had that encounter or felt that where I've seen somebody I know hugging somebody else and immediately need to get all up in the business about everything. Like, well, what's going on here? Well, I've been in situations where if like, for example, when they used to do, and this feels so weird saying when they used to do, like, it's never going to happen again, but it probably won't. So they, at the LAC, at LACMA, the Los Angeles County Museum of the Arts, every Friday, starting this month, actually, they would have free jazz on Fridays and Sundays every, you know, every weekend. And it was something that I looked forward to. It was a reason for me to get out of the house. It was a way for me to meet new people. It was free. My favorite word, free. and it was something that I really enjoyed but one time I was I was involved with someone that I went to free jazz one night and saw and they and they saw me talking to somebody else having interaction with someone else and then they didn't take action in that moment but then called me on the phone later and was like so why were you talking to so-and-so what was that about it was like that so I can understand I can understand her seeing them and having an attitude, but what I didn't understand is that she was so quick to just roll up in them and be like, what, what, what y'all do? Did I interrupt <laughs> something? I'm like, why, why you got to be all like this, Josh? I was like, what I, don't <laughs> I don't understand. So yeah, yeah I, was, I-, I was annoyed by that. And then I was also annoyed by the fact that I did not realize they had been held captive in the house for so long and how happy they were to get out. And then the first thing they're going to do is go to the movies. Like, you didn't kill Cyrus. Y'all just reached an agreement. So I found that very odd. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I find myself caring less and less about these characters. We need to get, we need to kick that those storylines up a bit or get them, get something going. I really don't care uh, about this. I care. I enjoy seeing Trina in scenes more with Ava 
or whatever is going to be happening with her and Curtis and her mom. Let's figure out that stuff. I'm caring very little about the this foursome as as teens. What they I like, have I like seeing them. They remind me of you know why I like seeing them. It reminds me of when Elizabeth and Lucky and all of them were younger and they used to focus on them quite a bit. It's nice to have that balance for me of, you know, there's drama with the adults, but there's also a little bit of drama going on with the kids. Cause you know, sometimes you just get tired of seeing adults have drama all the time. You, you wanna, you wanna see what's, what's going on with these teenagers. Cause they're teenagers. They gotta have something going on. It's not all light and fluffy on that front either. So. Yeah, but you know, at least with the adults, if they, play it back to a to a kiss or a hot hookup it's usually better more it's all right to watch like i can't i can't watch the cameron trina kiss anymore i'm done with yeah, it yeah i don't i don't ever need to see that clip again because it's just so awkward poor baby she when he goes to kiss her <laughs> she's like this that's <laughs> just like and and not and i said this before and not for nothing but it probably was the first time she ever had to do anything like that on screen so it was probably awkward for her, you know what I mean? And I don't know if they practiced it. I don't know. I don't know what kind of, you know, pep talk they gave her before going into it. I remember I was on this show called The New Girl on Fox and I had to kiss um Jake Johnson. <laughs> Hello. I had to kiss down Jake for Johnson me. and I was just like I had never kissed anybody on screen before and I was a nervous wreck. And I'm like, can we just like have a conversation about this before we do this? Like, can we just have a conversation? Cause you know, I got some guidelines. Can we do a little kissing off camera just to warm up? Did you do, was no, that but we, no. but he was so gracious and so sweet that we had a little conversation about how we were going to do it, how it was going to happen, who hit, whose head was going to go where, you know what I mean? It was- it Did was, you insist on using your tongue? Um, no. <laughs> If you are not my man, nary a tongue will you be seeing. So, uh, no. <laughs> and that is why I needed to have a little discussion about it. Because I'm like, let's be very clear. I don't need to see nothing be slipping through my lips. No, sirree. No, 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 no. Uh, but having said that, I can under... And I'm an adult, right? So I'm not a teenage girl... Who, is, who has decided she wants to be an actress and has never kissed a boy in real life. And now I'm kissing a boy on camera for the whole world to see. Like that's very daunting. And you're doing it and not for nothing, but when they do those scenes, there's like 5,000, not 5,000 literally, but there's at least, you know, 25, 30 people on set watching you. It's just so uncomfortable and awkward. It's just, it's not normal. <laughs> it's just <laughs> not normal, it isn't. And it's very, it's very uncomfortable. So. I say all that to say that I can understand why homegirl, you know, was like this, but I don't ever need to see that clip again because it just, it makes me cringe every time I see it. Uh, it is, because we talked about this briefly with uh, Dustin's storyline. It feels like they have dropped that storyline about him kind of homeschooling Jocelyn and Dev since yeah. Sonny's kind of lifted this restriction. So I, I mean, and I'm curious if that was just a, the writers realizing, eh, this isn't going to go anywhere. We'll just drop it. Or is this going to be something that ends up coming back in some way, shape, or form? I'm fine if it's dropped. You know, I don't. I, I noticed that as well. I I don't know. And and again, maybe it was one of maybe it was as a result of you know people having to stop writing at the last minute. 
Because I feel like these last couple of episodes were written um, in the middle of the the virus. Like it was, people were still, because people were still going to work up until, I've interviewed a couple of people and most sets were still shooting up through like the 18th or 19th of March that week. Mm -hmm. And then by the time that Monday rolled around, everything had stopped. So they were at the middle of March, they were where we are in real time now shooting. So they were probably scrounging and scrambling, trying to piece as much as they could together before they had to stop, which is why everything feels so disjointed and crazy now. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. Uh, or, I mean, it could be just, you know. Just the writers, right? But yeah. but the writers have, the writers can write some crazy stuff sometimes, but it ain't been this off kilter. <laughs> it, it ain't never been this off kilter. I give. I mean, you know, as somebody who's been watching that show for over 30 years, I ain't never seen no mess like this. I'm sure they ain't either. So they trying to they just trying to figure it out the best way they know how. But what's going to be interesting is how it's going to come back. I was talking on the Curvy Critic right before this show. I was saying how um, you know a, a few states are trying to go back or trying to ease up restrictions. Our state here in California, Florida, and in Florida listed a whole bunch of guidelines that they were going to discuss as people started to go back to to work on sets because they film a lot of stuff in Florida, Georgia, um, Washington and Seattle, you know what I mean? So in Florida, they were saying that instead of having director's chairs, you know, the director's chairs with the the cloth Mm -hmm. on the back and in the seat, that they were gonna opt for plastic chairs because those are easier to um, sanitize. They're easier to disinfect and sanitize than the cloth chairs. I'm like, okay. And they were saying that they might use boom mics more often, which is what they use on soaps all the time anyway. And as a backup precaution, they would use the lavalier mics that they would hide under your clothes just to make sure that they got some crisp, clear sound coming from you as opposed to it sounding like it's far away, which means they're probably going to have to invest in some really, um, really strongly amplified boom mics because usually the boom mics are just there to pick up some ancillary sound it's not used to pick up sound like you and i like even at when we were at um after buzz we've had those microphones right in front of our faces right Mm -hmm. so it's just gonna be interesting to see how they move forward with all of that especially with a soap opera and with those intimate scenes like i said before there would be like 30 people in the room straight up because all the lighting people would be there the sound people would be there the director the assistant director the casting people, you know, it'd be all kinds of people in the room when those intimate scenes are happening. So now are there, are we ever going to see another intimate scene on the soap ever again? You know, Uh, I mean, it begs, it begs the question and soap operas thrive off of that. I mean, it could be until like a vaccine is out there. Maybe. Um, It's kind of a moratorium on that until then. It'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see how uh, production resumes. Uh, one last thing before we wrap up, we do see during that childhood scene, or the, the kids scene with Sonny, that uh, after Dev and Jocelyn leave, Brenda sticks, stays behind and says, hey, you know what? Yeah, I don't need to go back to Chicago. I want to stick around, stick it around here, see what happens. Uh, I'm thankful for you know the, the, the opportunities that I've got here. Are you jazzed about seeing Brando stick around? Or you're yes, like- I said that. I'm, I'm, I am team Brando right now. <laughs> that could change. But no, in, this moment, in this moment, I'm Team Brando. It is, 
it is interesting how you know they've get, been getting involved with a few different people. Uh, I'll be curious to see where the storyline takes him. Uh, I don't know. Me too. Uh, folks, holy cow, Carla and I have done it once again. We've <laughs> covered another exciting week of General Hospital for you folks. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode, though. Uh, as always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. Uh, we continue to enjoy doing the show, even if we're doing it apart from one another. Someday, we'll be reunited in person, and all will be well. But until then, Carla, if they want to stay in touch with you, uh, where can they find you? Yes, and give us a thumbs up if you like this, y'all. Give us a big old thumbs up to let us know you was here. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can find my film reviews at thecurvyfilmcritic.com. And you can find me right before this over at Black Hollywood Live for The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata. And on Mondays, right back over here at AfterBuzz TV for the Insecure After Show. Look at you. Always busy. Always busy. And I'm exhausted, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. That's going to do it for this week. But Carla and I will be back here next Sunday with an all-new episode of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. Bye, everybody. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.